after so many tests, the doctor told us that, you know, just enjoy him for the time that you have. And this is the sort of lifespan that uh, he's mm. got. And there's nothing that can cure. Whenever you have an issue, you want to make sure that the first thing that comes to your mind is your Allah, your Lord. First thing, always. That's the one thing I always remembered. So whenever a difficulty comes to me, I always think first to myself, Allah, always, mm. no matter what the situation is. And always understand that the loss that you are facing today is for a very good reason. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. Welcome back to the Ilmfeed podcast. It's your host, Shabir Hassan. Today we are joined by Brother Shaquille Malji from Abdullah Aid, and we discuss his journey, um, the trials that he's been through, dealing with loss, some of the wisdoms behind these trials, uh, and so much more. So I hope, inshallah, you're able to benefit from this episode. Brother Shaquille, assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi How are you? Alhamdulillah, more well, Sheikh. How are you? Alhamdulillah, very well. And, uh, you know, we were saying before the podcast that we've been trying to do this for quite a few years now. Yeah. Right? It's been some time. I think about three, four years, four yeah. years, baby. It's been some time in the making. So alhamdulillah, managed to get this done. Um, so let's let's get straight into it. And uh question I want to ask you is, um, when you when you look back um, on your past, I mean, subhanAllah, it's, it, you know, it's, I'm sure for you, for every, everyone, everyone's on their own journey. When you look back at, on the past, um, was there, was there like, everyone has this kind of like turning point, you know, no one's born into, into just like from the get go, right? Everyone's got like a, a turning point, or if you want to call it a moment of realization, what was a moment of realization or turning for you personally? It's an amazing question, actually, because this question is what actually changed the way I see life and uh, think about life yeah. uh, and the future and the hereafter. For me, it was uh, the biggest turning point was, of course, when uh, I had a loss of my uh, son. And uh, it wasn't only at the time of loss, but it was going towards the time of loss where we knew that, uh, you know, we're going to end up losing him, you know. And not having experienced anything of that sort before, meaning I didn't really experience losing somebody so close to me ever. Mm. And because, you know, we are human. We seem to think to ourselves that, unfortunately, we, we think to ourselves that we're untouchable. Yeah. And we hear about people dying. We hear about uh, people coming down with illnesses, you know, like terminal illnesses. Mm. But for some reason, we are people, and now we've become people that we just don't realize that it could be you that it happens to. Mm. And when the challenges of my son was there, meaning when he was going through these difficulties, I wasn't entirely strong on my dean. Okay. I wasn't a person who, and let's be honest, I mean, I don't think there's anything to be embarrassed and shy about. It's the truth. Uh the better of us are the ones who uh, rectify our lives later rather yeah. than just still continue uh, who we were even after seeing such difficulties in our lives. Mm. And I thought to myself that why did Allah choose for me to be in such a situation where I am being tested, my family is being tested and why am I in a position now where I'm looking to lose my son? Mm. And we don't have anyone to turn to. Turning to your friends, 
the doctors to maybe some of your friends who are experts in different different walks of life you yeah. know some people are educated in different different ways you know and i spoke to the biggest doctors in the world you know i was making phone calls internationally to so many places but there was no positive answer anywhere mm. anywhere at all and the one place i turned to was to allah and i thought to myself that he is the one who created us he is the one that made us made us who we are today everything that you see around you all the people all the things all the places who created it who put it into this dunya into this world mm. who is the one that feeds you even that small morsel of food that goes in your mouth who is the one that gives you even that small sip of water who is the one that allows your body to move your fingers to your hands to your arms to your head to your body to your organs to your mm. entire body who subhanahu wa ta'ala allah is the only one that makes this happen mm-hmm. and i thought this is the time to turn to allah and ask him what i want to ask him mm-hmm. talk to him tell him that i need your help you are the one that i am relying on you are the one the most gracious the most merciful rahman ar rahim i want you i need you i need you to rectify what is going on in my life mm-hmm. and that's when i thought let's turn to allah yeah and that was such a positive change for me because as much as knowing that i'm losing something mm. the connection with allah was so amazing so amazing so true and so pure that not only did it open my eyes mm. on that topic but also opened my eyes on the reality of life yeah totally on the reality of life It reminds me of the the saying you know um when life forces you onto your knees then you're basically in the perfect position to to pray to pray Definitely. to Allah you know and sometimes i i believe this this is what happens is that exactly if you're you're almost you know forced obviously we don't believe that but you know you're just you're, you're put into a a desperate situation and it's it's almost just like a wake up call you know i am here you know allah is reminding i'm here and and turn to me and 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 this will happen with you of of course a lot of our viewers may not be familiar with your story so if you don't mind uh, me asking you know firstly how long ago are we talking um and uh, you know how long ago uh, was this um when when you when you had you know when you had the news that you're losing your son and also what was the specific like you know condition um and what were your feelings around this time i mean <clears throat> at the beginning of 2015 okay uh when we knew that uh, there was a situation there was a problem right and we knew that uh, um there were some difficulties with the child mm-hmm. and of course uh as i said to you previously that we seem to think that nothing's going to happen to us mm. you know, it's just in our mind and our thoughts yeah and then of course we uh, went through some tests and so on so on and then we come to find out that uh, it's a very difficult situation of uh, having uh being diagnosed with what's called SMA type 1 and the uh, the lifespan of children with SMA type 1 
uh, is only up to like 18 months, a year to 18 months. And the one to break it to us was the doctor. Mm. Uh, after so many tests, the doctor told us that, you know, just enjoy him for the time that you have. And this is the sort of lifespan that uh, he's mm. And there's nothing that can cure. There's nothing that can reverse this. Mm. It is what it is. And you're going to have to face it. That's when I thought to myself, that's it. This is the turning point. Right. And this is where the journey just, just started. So it's beginning of 2015. Did you, did you, when you had that news, did you give up at that point? Or did you try to still like find something? You, you know, know actually, something. something comes to my mind. What mm. actually happened? In my mind, when, when I was told this news in front, of the, in front of the doctors, the first thing that came to my mind, and this is from me being in a background of not really being so strong on my deen, the first words that came to my mouth was, and my, and my mind and my heart was, why are you telling me my son's not going to live? Mm. You're not Allah. Mm. And I thought to myself, actually, it was the last thing I would actually say. That you're not Allah. Just where I'm coming from. Right, yeah. My connection wasn't so great mm. with Allah. For me to remember Allah in that position, but something hit me and said that you are turning to Allah. And right. this is when I said, You're not Allah, why are you telling me? Otherwise, I would say, You're not so experienced, why are you telling me? Mm. How do you know? This is my son. How can you tell me he's going to die? And then that's when. I realized that the connection is is, is, is is with Allah. Yeah. But that is the time that I was told and that was it. Yeah. Mm. So you had, you had, that's the thing, you had that realization. By mentioning Allah's name, you still had the realization, even if you weren't so close to Allah at that point. Yeah. But still, Allah is the one, you know, who controls these, you know, in his land is, is life and death and he controls these things. So, yeah. you know, you had you had that realization. Um and and so, you know, I'm I'm just reflecting whilst you're speaking because you know my my daughter as we speak in Amashra, she's around 18, 19 months old now, and I know how much of a an amazing age that is, you know, to enjoy your child. And Subhanallah, it's a can't imagine what what you would have been going through to hear that news, um, and then and then to 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 obviously try to make the most out of the time that you have with with your precious son yeah. um, at that point. Um, so then what steps did you then take to, you know, you say that you turn back to Allah, what steps did you take to turn back to Allah? Because obviously we can all say, you know, I'm going to turn back to Allah, you know, this is a new year, mm. or this is Ramadan, I'm going to turn back. But what does that actually mean? My answer to that would be, talk to Allah, mm. speak to him, tell him your difficulty, tell him your challenges, tell him how you are suffering. Tell him what you are going through. Talk to him. Cry to him. Communicate with him. He is the Lord of the worlds. He is the one that can rectify everything for you. And then when you realize what Allah has done for us and everything that he has blessed us with and bestowed in our lives, for us to do everything that we are doing, mm -hmm. then we will actually realize, when we actually think to ourselves deeply, 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 then we'll understand that Allah is the one and Allah is who we need to turn to because he never turns away from us. Mm. At the same time, going through this, you want to become closer to him. As whenever you have an issue, you want to make sure that the first thing that comes to your mind is your Allah, 
your Lord. First thing, always. That's the one thing I always remembered. So whenever a difficulty comes to me, I always think first to myself, Allah, always, mm. no matter what the situation is. It could be very difficult or it could be difficult. And at the same time, take that moment to even repent to Allah. Mm. Take that moment to even repent to Allah. Yeah, I think talking to talking. You say you, you know you say talking to Allah is obviously one way of doing that is make, when you make du'a to Allah um, to to converse with Allah. It's actually you know a lot of people don't realize this. You know something that I've tried and tested so many times in my own life. It's so therapeutic. You know we talk about therapy. We talk about you know mental health and and uh, you know we talk about reach out to someone, speak to someone, and and we should right. That that's a that's a separate discussion. But when you make du'a and you just Pour your heart out to Allah, it's a different feeling, isn't it? You know, you won't get the answers to your dua straight away. Mm. You know, it's not that something's going to change within the click of a finger. Of course, if Allah wants to, it will. But it's that someone, having that someone to speak to. Mm. Once you start talking to Allah, Allah knows that my slave, my servant, has turned to me in his time of difficulty. Mm. And I'm going to give him the answers that he needs. And that's what's most important. Having the connection, whether you get your answer straight away or not. Mm. You possibly won't get your answer straight away. Or you may get your answer straight away. But turning to him is what Allah loves. There's mm. so many places and so many hadith that I've seen. And Allah says to us that, you know, come, you come close to me, I'll come closer to you. Man mm. ilayya shibran. Yeah. If you look at some verses and some hadith and really just make sure mm. handstand <clears throat> yeah honestly it just makes me think sometimes that we have so much that we can actually take from islam and we don't mm. because every time shaitan attacks us and just want to become weaker and weaker and weaker mm. yeah subhanallah um you know, I I um so I first met you, um, I first met you. I think we, there was a tour. There were some events happening, right? Yeah, and um, you know, with Qadi Sha, Qadi Ziyad Tel, right? Many, many years ago, and uh, quite a few events happening. Mashallah, and you were you were you were driving us around. You were part of the events, so we had some good memories, right? From those, from those. Uh, that's why I remember you from. And mashallah, I know, I know you do that a lot. You know, you at that point, you, I think you're just volunteering, just driving us around, spending some time with the brothers. <laughs> Nowadays, mashallah, you, you, you're doing similar. You're traveling around with the charity work, which we'll talk about. Um, but subhanAllah, I, th- I believe at one point in time, you know, going back quite a few years, you also used to drive around, but not necessarily with with qadis and, and sheikhs and, you know, <laughs> muftis, right? Uh, uh, you know, and, and, and of course, uh, you think you mentioned you touched on this at the beginning anyways that there's nothing to be ashamed of of course if we're looking back at the past and we're drawing lessons from it this is not necessarily exposing sins or anything like that it's just taking taking lessons from it so take us back to um those <laughs> those days subhanallah subhanallah so <laughs> of course the trade that i was in of being Involved with uh, vehicles and mm. top end vehicles, and uh, I hate to talk about it, but I'm mm. gonna do it. <laughs> I don't like to go back to my thing, but you know, it just makes you think that you know what a pointless life it mm. was. Alhamdulillah. So, we used to travel and be with a lot of 
Bollywood people and uh, Hollywood people and uh, famous people and uh, drive them around, uh, you know, as work, as a mm. job, be with them. And they'll be going to places like uh, clubs and pubs and places that they shouldn't be going. And uh, I always feel to myself that even now that we were part of them making that sin. Mm. We were a part of that because we took them there right. because we weren't so strong in what we do in who we are. We weren't so strong in our deen mm. and we never saw anything uh, uh, wrong with it. And from going around with people of that background, uh, going to scholars, you know, it was a massive jump. Mm. And um, so Allah still gave me the opportunity of doing what I love to do. But feasibilillah, mm. in the path of good. Yeah. And as I started to, again, during my journey, as I started to be with them people, the scholars, the great people, the lovely people who I love to be with even today, mm. is what got me connected more. Yeah, And I wanted to know more. I wanted to do more. And uh, the journey just flourished from there. Mm. So I'm, I thank Allah every day for what he did for me and where he made me turn my life. Uh, totally the other way And I can't thank him enough And I don't think that Even if I thank him my entire life uh, It will be enough Because truly he blessed me uh, And showed me The real path mm. Of what I need to be on You know This is where it comes to that Allah is the best of planners Yeah Subhanallah Allah is truly the best of planners And People may just see this upon reading it or someone saying it. They might just see it as, yes, okay. But I can tell you with full conviction, full faith that I'm telling you that them statements of Allah is the best of planner. Mm. I don't think there's anybody that can tell you how true it is apart from me because I've witnessed it so well and so nicely that truly he is the best of planners. Sometimes... We don't understand why Allah is doing something. We think to ourselves that, you know, why me? Why this? Why that? But the moment you see the greatness and the beauty that comes out of your difficulties, trials, challenges, whatever it may be, mm. when you see the beauty out of it and the response to it from Allah, then you realize that what Allah did was only because He loves you. Mm. He wants you to be close to Him. He wants you to be that one who enters Jannah easily. He wants you to be the one that relies on him and knows that I am your maker. I am your creator. And whatever I plan for you is going to be the best of plans. Mm. And one biggest lesson for me till today is the verses, La yukallifullahu nafsan illa wasaha. And I'll tell you why. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that he won't test a soul more than what he can handle, mm. right? So how great is our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala that he even knows how much mm. my slave, my servant will be able to handle. Yeah. So I won't test him more than what he can handle because I know these are his limits. Mm. So then I think to myself, that why on earth am I worried? Why are any of us worried? 
Because Allah is not going to test you what more than you can what you can mm. handle. So why are we worried? Allah is great. He knows what you're going to be able to handle. He'll only give you what you can handle. Yeah. So there's a lot of lessons that came into my life. And I thought to myself that this is the truth. And we need to only rely on Allah. Trust in Allah. Never lose hope. Never lose faith. Don't ever, ever question Allah and say, why? Because I can say that the turning point was one. But still today, I can, beyond of that, respond and say, there's a lot of answers that have come on that why. Because Allah blessed me with something so beautiful in my life, so amazing in my life, that I will never, ever, ever want to turn back to something which is wrong and displeasing to Allah. Mm. Why? Because I have tasted the beauty and the sweetness of some beautiful things mm. along the journey. Yeah. And it reminds me of that saying, which is, you know, a, a person who has not recognized or tasted, you know, jahiliya or that darkness, then they won't fully appreciate the sweetness of, you know, this Islam and, and, and the deen that we have, right? Um, would, would you agree with that? I mean, because ultimately, you know, a person who's born Muslim, was raised in a you know a household where mashallah everyone's practicing praying and then just lives their life like that compare that to someone who's been through you know darkness trial test you know sin and plunged into that and then comes out of that and then tastes it tastes tastes islam i'm sure you know you can't you can't compare right you can never <laughs> compare to that ever mm -hmm. look tell me a time and i travel i travel to many countries Tell me a time where we can honestly say that we actually wake up and we sit there and we pray and we thank Allah and everything that we do in our lives, like educate ourselves, mm. become people that have got the greatest of jobs, become mm. doctors, become engineers and so on, so on, the list goes on. Can we say that we did it all for Allah? Can mm -hmm. we say we all did it for Allah? We can't with full conviction that we, we, we say that we did yeah. it for Allah. We never. We did it for ourselves. But do we ever thank Allah for all that he has given us? No. Mm -hmm. Do we thank Allah that he made us Muslims? He brought us into Muslim homes. And this was your question. Mm -hmm. Do we? No, we don't. Because we don't even thank Allah for the daily stuff that we have. The daily things like, you know... Uh, general stuff of having good jobs having good opportunities in your life uh, having money or so on so on so on then if we can't thank allah for everything that we have in our faces every day are you really gonna go all the way back and start thanking allah that he brought you up into a muslim home mm -hmm. so i always say to people that thank allah because there are people who want to know islam there's people who want to come into islam mm. but there's a struggle you know, I actually had someone speaking to me a couple of years ago on a flight. Mm -hmm. And there was a Christian. And uh, with her was a partner who was Hindu. The Hindu one says that I want to come into Islam because I know the religion is true. Right. But there's so many consequences to it. My entire family will disown me. My entire family will disown me, my siblings, my cousins, 
you know, my friends, mm. and I know it, they will disown me. Where do I go? And that's when I say to myself, and I think, yeah, Allah, 40,000 feet in the sky. When we are traveling on that flight, I think to myself, Allah, I'm so thankful to you for bringing me up into a Muslim home. Mm. Otherwise, you could have been one who tests us and put us into a home which has no deen, no Islam. And I maybe would have been in the position of this person today, struggling to come onto the true path. Let's mm. imagine. Wow. It reminds me of, um, it's very similar actually. So um, during COVID, we did a lot of um, online courses. So we you know, teaching a lot, Sirah, Islam, etc. right? We had one student who was joining our online classes, right? Obviously it's all online. Um, and uh, she, also she was previously a Hindu, right? And she had, she had embraced Islam, she accepted Islam, but she was telling us, SubhanAllah, on the, on the actual, you know, we do on Zoom, so you can send messages on Zoom or on the chat. So she was literally typing and saying um, that uh, I'm currently studying the deen, it was Ramadan as well, I'm currently studying, um, but I'm having to hide. I've got my earphones in, and I'm hiding in, in a corner in my room, making sure that no one knows that um, that, I, that I'm studying this. And in fact, actually, it came up because I was asking the students who can read. You know, like you know, as a teacher, you say read, read a passage, right? And she messaged saying, I, "I would love to read out loud, but someone's going to hear me reading, so therefore I can only listen with my earphones." And she even carried on, and she mentioned how, Subhanallah, she was saying how when it's salah time, she has to go open her cupboard hide behind the cupboard and pray salah in her home because if her family, anyone find out, that's it. That's like it. it's, it's, and so I, I, that hit me because I was like, we're here, it's Ramadan, I'm teaching, I'm in my home, I'm praying salah, fasting, you know, just going day to day, openly, not wow. not worrying about a thing. And here we have a sister, subhanAllah, who's, you know, in, in, the, it's in the UK, it's not even like, you know, in some country, you know, where where we know there's, there's a lot of, a um, lot of oppression. SubhanAllah, you know, you have that here on our doorstep. 100%. And and this is where I say that. Imagine those parents that mm. have to force their children to pray. Yeah. And people are hiding from their parents to pray. Imagine. Yeah, so true. It's a big lesson. Yeah, yeah. It's a big yeah, lesson. Yeah. But yeah. we need to really uh, see this and understand this. Because yeah. it's a huge thing. And it's a huge impact on the lives of people who want to accept Islam and come to Islam. Mm. I've seen a few situations like this. And, you know, subhanAllah, you know, <laughs> you yourself know that, um, you know, I, I, I get to see a lot of events and programs with mm. Sheikh Mufti Meng. Yeah. And I actually have seen people that want to accept uh, Islam, but there's that fear, mm. you know? The hesitancy. Hesitance. And we know that hesitance is due to some pressure elsewhere. Mm. So it is difficult. And I always do think to myself that these people accept Islam all well and good. But do they get to actually practice their Islam in their home? Mm. That is a big difficulty. It's another challenge in and of itself. Big challenge on its own. Another challenge, isn't Definitely. it? Coming back to, um, you mentioned about previous life and, yeah. you know, how you were with certain individuals, celebrities, etc. Driving them to, to certain places. And now, alhamdulillah, you know, you're, you're spending time in good company. But what was that that transition like? Because... I'm sure it wasn't just an overnight thing where, you know, something happened and you just just left it just like that. I mean, what was the transition like? Because 
that I know there's a struggle in a, in a transition as well. To leave a certain life behind and to adopt another life, it's not easy. Yeah. So, of course, when the difficulties and challenges and trials, when they all took place, mm. my heart and my mind was always towards the masjid. Right. So I will always want to attend the masjid for salah, um, be focused on salah. What was your relationship like with Salah before that, if you don't mind me asking? I don't mind you asking, but to answer just shakes me up. Mm. I think I've got a lot of forgiveness to ask for from Allah. But as I said before that, مَنْ تَكَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ شِبْرًا تَكَرَّبْتُ إِلَيْهِ دِرَاءً and I always think to myself that Allah says that come close to me, I will come close to you. Mm. Those who come even closer to me, I'll come even more closer to them with a lot more. And the one who comes walking to me, I will come running to him. Allah. And I always think that in my heart that that's what I did. That I tried to get closer to Allah. Allah came closer to me. I got even closer to Allah. Allah come closer to me. Mm. And when I walked to Allah, He came running to me. So the transition in my life was simply that I opened my arms up to what was the truth. I opened my arms up to something I should have been doing years ago. Mm. I never prayed Salah. So when I started praying, Allah pulled me more. Mm. When I started praying more, Allah pulled me even more. And when I started doing good, small, small deeds, Allah gave me everything. So it's the same example, just in a different way. And the transition was 100% difficult as much as, as much as, how can I say, uh, all of a sudden. Mm. However, I knew that the journey that I was going on was a true journey. Mm. So the focus was there. The focus was there. Right. And that's what mattered to me the most. And... As I went to the masjids, I started to meet people, and obviously I knew my communities, but then you meet scholars who have come for a lecture, and then you meet people that know other people, and then you get to speak to people, and you get to travel, and then this beautiful work that I got into, mm. which I'm sure you're probably going to go into soon, mm. but the work I got into is what made me more connected with certain individuals yeah. and people, and that's when I got to know scholars and uh, mashallah, amazing imams uh, that helped me a lot throughout my life, mm. and then that's when the whole when they knew my journey of who I was, what I did, they showed me a lot of strength. They were with me, and I have to be very honest, they were with me all the way through to make my journey and my life easy for me. Mm. Of course, we relied on a lot, yes, definitely, but we also relied on certain people that we had around us yeah and then the transition was difficult as well as easy and it was smooth mm. and the smoothness came from Allah that's what it was mm. Allah made it so easy for me and I know that the question you've got is probably one of the questions that no I woke up tomorrow and I did this and I did that but Allah that's not what it is 
the truth was that Allah gave me the strength slowly, slowly. Yeah. Allah's plan was to do it nicely and slowly, and that's exactly how He did it. And how it happened, when it happened, even I can't answer that today. Mm. Wallahi, I cannot answer that today. Mm. I wish I could answer that, but I can't. The truth is, Allah gave it in such a way. Small, small portions He gave. He gave small, small portions, small doses, mm. and that's it. It was yeah. there. It was there for me. And alhamdulillah, now today, what can I say? Don't even look back kind of thing. I, I, I don't look back. Mm. I don't look back. Not that we were, how can I say, off the rails, you call it. Yeah, yeah. I was off the rails. But I wasn't focused on the deen. And mm. I never had bad habits of such. Yeah. However, I was very, very weak in, in Islam, in the deen, in the religion. And this whole thing just showed me such a way. And mashallah, our work just gave me everything that I was longing for you know, in my life. And that's what gave me the peace. So we'll talk about that because, of course, the journey that you're referring to is, mashallah, the, the charity and the humanitarian um, work that you eventually went into. Um, you are the CEO of um, Abdullah Aid. Um, and I know, subhanAllah, you know, what, what drew me to you when I first met you was how, you know, you, you mentioned part of your story and you mentioned how you named the charity mm. after um, your your late son, Rahimahullah, may Allah envelop him in his mercy, in his infinite mercy, I mean. Um, so his name was Abdullah. And what so what was your thinking behind it? You know, was this like, this is the legacy project, basically? Is that what it was? So, from the time that he was diagnosed, mm -hmm. I thought to myself, and this is along the transition of moving away from things, I thought to myself that this is a, 13, 14 month child. I mean, going back actually, it was a child which was five months, six months. Yeah. Who was just waiting for the time to come to pass on. And I thought to myself that if a child at this age can go through such struggles and difficulties, and knowing that if he was to if he was able to understand that I only have this many months left. It's not easy for, to take in something like that, but because he was a child, he mm -hmm. didn't have that full understanding yeah. that this is going to be my ending of time. And I thought to myself that in place of that child, if it was myself or any other individual, would they, would they not think to themselves that I've got this many months left? What have I done in mm. preparation to meeting Allah? What have I done? And am I ready? Am I ready to meet yeah. my creator? <clears throat> am I ready to meet him? Will I be able to even face him? How much will I be punished for everything that I've done? And I just thought to myself, I need to do something which will benefit the people around us who are struggling, who are in a difficulty. And mashallah, we had lovely local brothers who were doing some great work um, when some crises had happened. And I had voluntarily uh, attached myself with them uh, uh, to go through some uh, uh, projects and go through some aid uh, missions and things like this. And, uh, you know, that drew me more close and gave me some peace. And it's something that I wanted to carry on mm -hmm. uh, doing. And I thought to myself, okay, this is something I want to continue doing. Why? Because it's giving me the peace. Mm. Is it a case of... You know, when you give back and help others, you're basically helping yourself, isn't it, as well? Yeah. yeah. This is another lesson that 
don't think you are doing the person such a big favor. You're mm. doing yourself a favor. And when you're doing that favor, you'll also feel and sense the peace that you have in your heart. And as the months went on, as he was deteriorating, I was doing this voluntary work, voluntary work, going on and on. And I think he must have been around seven, eight months at that time. Uh, and I had a lovely suggestion from some brothers that we continue to do this work, but let's name it Abdullah Aid. And then we actually were known as Abdullah Aid whilst he was here. Inshallah. Whilst he was alive, mm. we still had it as Abdullah Aid. And then as the organization grew stronger, he was still there. Mm-hmm. And then when he passed, for me, it was something that I was falling back on. Something that gave me strength yeah. and a peace. It gave me a lot of peace, knowing that I'm able to do something. And till today, I'm talking about till today, that is the work that keeps me going. Takes my mind away from all the struggles and all the difficulties. Yeah. Because sometimes when you have time on your hand, you have all these thoughts that come to your mind. Mm. And the thoughts are not good. It really breaks you. It really destroys you. But this is the work that keeps me going and yeah. gives me that peace. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Only if you're comfortable um, answering the question. Um, it's come to my mind and uh, I think it's important because, how do I put this? A lot of people, uh, and I'm talking mainly about people who aren't Muslim, not people who, who don't have a faith, maybe atheist. One of the the main arguments, right, nowadays, especially, you know, it's called the problem of evil. You've probably heard of it. Uh, a lot of people, they say, how can a God exist? How can there be a God when he allows certain things to happen? For example, innocent children, right? What's happening around the world, yeah. you know, innocent children being, uh, having certain conditions, their lives being taken. How can a God allow such things to happen? Now, subhanAllah, you know, you're sitting in front of me. You're someone who is someone of faith, is a Muslim, at the same time has experienced loss, has experienced, you know, firsthand your child diagnosed, having a condition, passing on very early. I mean, what would your response be to someone who raises such su- such a, you know, I don't know yeah. what to call it, an argument, let's just say, and what would you respond to that? Well, look, we are not so entirely educated. However, these thoughts do come to mind. Mm. Dave, why would Allah want to do this? Why would He want to put people through difficulties mm. and challenges? Then I think to myself that there'll be no point of life, then, will there? There'll be no Jannah. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to go to Jannah. So Allah will test us and put us through these difficulties. And there is people around the world who are struggling with so, so, so much. But these are the people who will enter Jannah before any of us. Mm. You know, so. There's always got to be something in your life which you are being tested with or you are going through something. Something's got to happen because obviously Allah is there. We know Allah is there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no response to that. But Allah has placed us into this world as a test and He wants to see how you overcome your test as well. Yep. How do you respond to the difficulties that you have? And for those that, of course, 
respond to that difficulty having full faith and trust in Allah for them is Jannah for them is Jannah so it is a big question where people ask that if, if there's Allah there why does all this happen mm. but then again there's a lot of questions that we can ask along yeah. the same lines there's a lot of questions that we can ask yeah. why did this happen and why did so and so and so happen same mm. way as why did Allah take something so precious away from me because he wanted to give me something more beautiful so that because he loves me because he wants me to go to Jannah mm. so there's a lot behind and there's a lot of understanding that people need to actually think and some things can't be answered mm. some things can definitely not be answered you might get the answer for it one day. You will get the answer for it one day. Mm -hmm. But you can't always have the immediate answer for things. You can't always have like a rational, you know, explanation and something that's painted, a picture that's painted for you perfectly in front of you. Maybe sometimes you have to experience it. You can't ever, you know, I'm sure there's certain things that you've experienced. You can't verbalize. You can't say no. it on this podcast. No. You just, you experienced it and definitely it's, you leave it at that. 100%. Right? Certain things will get put into perspective so well on this podcast but there's certain things that would not exactly come out right and be explained mm. to people so easily for them to actually understand mm. because you've got to be in the shoes to yeah. actually know you know a lot of people say to me that we would not be able to walk a mile in your shoe never and I say to them that everyone has different types of challenges yeah Everybody's capacity is different. Everybody's test is different. Allah will choose how much He wants to test you. Allah will choose how much He wants you to go through this. Everyone's trials and challenges is different. But the answer is just one always, which is that have hope mm -hmm. and don't lose faith in Allah. Know that whatever Allah is doing, He's doing because He has a beautiful plan behind everything. And for me, I keep mentioning plan because I am one person who has seen the fruits of these plants. Mm. And this is why I always say that don't ever think to yourself that things happen for no reason. Things happen for a very good reason. It's how we actually understand it. Are mm. we actually going to be the people who are going to think positive out of it? Don't start getting upset. Don't start being upset with people. Know that what Allah has done is done for a very, very good reason. I know I keep going back at this one thing, but only because I have seen it. I have witnessed it. I have felt it. I've felt the pain. I've felt the struggles. Mm. I've felt the challenges. I've felt the ups and downs and you name it, everything. I've cried in my own time. I've cried behind closed doors. I've cried on my journeys, on my flights, in my hotel rooms, when I'm traveling. You name it. The list is endless. The list is totally endless. But the one thing that always brings me back is that the beautiful things that Allah also placed in replacement of your loss. Mm. So the loss will always, even today, the loss has left a deep hole in my heart. Yeah. A big void in my life. Big void in my life. You know, I always talk to myself that, and I think everyone does, that when you have a son, you'll do this. Mm. When you have a daughter, you'll do this. When you have a son, you're going to make him this and you're going to make him that and the list goes on all the dreams, dreams that parents have yeah yeah all them things and then that has just come crashing down and then you think to yourself that it's all gone 
is totally gone. So that void in your life, that heartbreak, that hole in your heart, is always going to be there. And that yearn that you had for wanting that thing is always going to be there. Even today, I think to myself that, you know, so we have friends, we have sons and, and, and daughters. And I also feel to myself that, you know, my son would have been mm. here amongst, mm. amongst. You can't us. help but think, yeah. This is where I yearn for three things. Is to one day see my maker, my creator. To see my maker, to see my creator. And then to see the one who was sent to the world as a mercy to humankind. One that who taught us and gave us all the messages. One who only cared about the Ummah, cared about us so much, came to us as a guidance, gave us so much to actually understand. Wow, sallallahu alayhi wa Wow. And then I yearn to see my son. And what I want to know, and subhanallah, it's emotional, but imagine me being able to see or someone telling me today what my son is doing. Mm -hmm. The beautiful things in the gardens, Ibrahim alayhi salam. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Imagine, I yearn to hear from him that whilst I was in this world, whilst we, whilst we were all in this world, in the dunya, what was he doing? Mm. What was he enjoying? <clears throat> How was he enjoying? What's the beautiful things that he ate? Mm. What's <laughs> the beautiful things that he saw? Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow, what fruits did he eat? Mm. What games did he play? You know, beautiful garden. He probably was going to play with them. Huh? All the children. Imagine you just know today. Mm. Imagine how much peace that would bring to your heart. Mm. But of course, we still have peace because we know that yeah. it's been promised. Exactly. And then I think to myself that waiting for the day that he intercedes and says, Ya Allah, mm. this is my father. This <laughs> is my family. We're going. Yeah, we're going to Jannah. Imagine, Subhanallah. Subhanallah. As much as it makes me emotional, the excitement mm. of that whole thing wow, is amazing. Yeah, Subhanallah. I think you know th th these kind of like narrations versus narrations. I think you know it gives you that solace, isn't it? Knowing that, and this is the beauty of Adin. It's that imagine if there was. There was nothing like okay, you you know someone passes away, and that's it. Life comes to an end, or you know there's not much given. But Rasulullah he outlined very explicitly, clearly. Okay, if a child, for example, innocent child passes away, they're in the company of Ibrahim in the highest heaven, and this is how they're playing and they're enjoying. You know, doesn't that give you a sense of comfort that the fact that the Prophet explained that particular situation and you're able to to relate back to that? Subhanallah, it's, it's something else, right? Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Honestly. If we actually again read on things and 
uh, educate ourselves mm. on uh, Islam and how beautiful Islam is, how amazing it is. You know, I may not be so knowledgeable, but I like to read things and go through things and know things. And sometimes I have these questions in my mind mm. and I search on them. And I think, you know, what will happen in paradise? What will this happen? You know, the person that passes away, the person who's uh, a child that passes away. You know, we, we, we try to educate ourselves on this because it gives us a sense of peace. Yeah. It gives us a sense of understanding and peace, definitely. Mm. What advice would you have for someone who has experienced a similar loss, whether it's their children, family members, someone close to them? Um, you know, someone who's who's experienced it. Um, I'm sure there's there's a lot that you personally went through that you won't share, but just general advice um, for someone who's who's going through something similar. Yeah, I think I answered it, but mm. I'll go for it again. Look, a loss in your life can be heartbreaking. A loss in your life can make a big hole in your heart. You'll never be able to get over it sometimes especially when it's somebody so close to you my advice to people will be is to connect to Allah connect to Allah in any loss or difficulty that you are facing speak to Allah make dua to Allah to make it easy for you and always understand that the loss that you are facing today it's for a very good reason. You are being tested. Your loved ones are being tested because Allah only loves you. And this is why He is putting you through this challenge. He wants to see that will my servant, will my slave turn to me or turn away from me. So I always say to people that when you have a loss, don't lose hope. Always make yourself stronger. Know that He subhanahu wa ta'ala is always going to do for you what is best for you mm. what is best for your loved ones and he will never test you more than what you can handle so don't lose hope don't lose faith be strong deal with it in a positive way and you will get through it inshallah 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 um it reminds me of a verse in in, in the quran in surah yusuf you know allah says um inna rabbi latifun lima yasha you know my lord is Latif is one of the yeah. most beautiful names of Allah. Yeah. And one of, one of the meanings of that is how Allah is so gentle, but yet so subtle in the way he does things. You know, Allah has everything planned out for you. you know, you've, you've always kept referring back to, you know, Allah had a plan for me and everything worked out beautifully. Uh, and it was very subtle as well because you didn't realize the intricacies of Allah's plan. And that, that's what a lot of what you've been saying. It reminds me of, uh, you know, coming back to this verse and reflecting on it. Yeah. You know, after seeing the beauty of difficulties, sometimes in my mind, I say to Allah, bring me more. Meaning, mm. bring me. I know it might not be nice to say, bring me. Mm. Bring me something because something that you test me with, you're going to give me something amazing. Well. So, so, so bring it. Mm. You know, as you very well know, that some years later, Allah challenged us again. Yeah. With my daughter. Daughter. And again, that's just maybe another <laughs> another topic of its own. 
But Allah brought the challenge to us once again. Once again. Not going as deeper, mm. but he brought that initial yeah. At that time in my mind, when that when when the news came to us, the same way, yeah, the same place, the same doctors, the same hospital. Mm. In my mind, I was like, we can't say it verbally, but in my heart, was Alhamdulillah. Mm. Really? My heart was Alhamdulillah. We can't say it because <clears throat> it would kill us to say it. Yeah, there's people around us that would be like. Yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? You know? But in my heart, my mind was Alhamdulillah. Whatever Allah has chosen mm. to happen is what will happen. SubhanAllah. And 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 subhanAllah, I, I remember, you know, going back a few years during that time, you know, had a lot of support, subhanAllah. You know, like you had a lot of support. No, you know, like whether it's social media, yeah. You know, a lot of coverage on it uh, because yeah. it was a very, I remember it was a very rare, again, another rare condition. Yeah. And um, I can't imagine, you know, again, what you would have been thinking during that time. And, you know, you, you probably would have been going from one place to another trying to, to find a, a solution, right? Yeah. I, I, I went through a lot. Mm. Um, at that time, I actually uh, exhausted every avenue possible in this world to try and rectify what was happening, mm. to try and get help, to try and get assistance, because we weren't getting the assistance here. Yeah, as in in, in the UK? In the UK, right? because <clears throat> there was this trial medication which they took away yeah. just a few weeks before my daughter was born. Right. And we were looking for that medication. But if you don't mind mentioning, was, sorry, just yeah. raise awareness, what, what was the, the, the condition? So same as my son, it was SMA, SMA okay. type one, and my daughter had also SMA type one. Okay. But obviously, a few years had passed on, so things were a little bit more advanced, right, right. but not much. Mm -hmm. There was still no cure for it. Mm -hmm. But the medication that my 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 son was on, um, which was a trial, and uh, it was a successful medicine. However, it was too late for my child to have it, so okay. things happened. Qadr Allah, but. When my daughter was diagnosed, we requested for that medication because that was our only hope. Mm. And then they said to us that we can't because they've took it off the NHS right. because it costs too much money. We're talking about millions here. Mm. So then, again, there was another sad news. I said, okay. So I tried to look for that medicine privately. All around the world, you can say. I actually would have called the biggest of doctors and the biggest of hospitals around the world uh, was ready to travel, ready to sell up literally everything in my life that I had to go and uh, do this treatment. Nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. And I was thinking to myself, I'm trying everything. Every door is closed. What do I do? Mm. Obviously, we rely on Allah. We, we, we place our trust in Allah. But then... We had a small breakthrough, not with that, but with something different. But along the lines of waiting for that breakthrough, we had a big campaign go out. Mm. And the campaign was to the NHS and to the companies who were involved that look, do the right thing. Because this girl that needs the medicine, her brother was under 
the same trial and tested this medicine for you. So your duty is to give it to this sister of his mm. because now you are an approved drug. You're making millions around the world, billions and billions they're making. So US, that's yeah. what it was. So we tried in that avenue, going to the CEOs of the companies and everything, but all the answers were no. So we had this petition and this big campaign and uh, wow, we received like half a million signatures. Um, I had a lot of support from Mufti Meg at that time mm. as well. He assisted uh, a lot. And subhanAllah, sitting on the infeed, mashallah, infeed gave us uh, some coverage as well. Mm. On that. I still remember clearly, it comes to my mind now. And we reached way, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of signatures more than what we expected. Mm. And this fight of ours went, there was interviews with TV channels and there was these big meetings with the big companies and I attended so many of these places and we had vigils that we kept and all sorts of things. Mm. Along this argument and this fight of ours, I had a small breakthrough from another country. So I left to go and do a medication there, right. which was a total different medication. Mm. And it was amazing because it was much better than what I was fighting for. SubhanAllah. So when I say that I said Alhamdulillah when Allah didn't give us that, yeah. was because there was something amazing mm. down there, which we got. But then we stayed away for some time, away from the UK, but something more beautiful happened which was that what we were fighting for. I was going back and forth the country and we had so much going on. Yeah. And then after we'd done what we had to another country, we got the news that they accepted it here. Oh, subhanAllah. But we didn't need it. Mm. We didn't need it. So all them children, apparently there was 118 children across the UK or something like that, that were relying on this medication. And with the fight of ours and others, all these children they were able, able to, to access. Yeah. They were able to access. Wow. So I always think to myself that Allah bought one thing to me first mm. to give me something amazing. And Allah bought me something else to give me something more amazing. So everything that Allah blessed with and tested with, mm. there was a beautiful response to it. Mm. So imagine. And I and I knew some families myself. Yeah. Who were struggling with that yeah, yeah and later on they were able to benefit mm. from a, a medication non-muslims a lot of them were non-muslims and who put up the fight the muslims oh. who were there at the forefront mm. fighting vigils campaigns we got to the parliament theresa may was talking about it mm. that's how much it was like streamlining headlining everywhere wow. it was everywhere and with the help of some people from our communities and Mufti Menk had a big part to play in it as well. Um, you know, mashallah, Mufti Menk is, uh, wow. Spent a lot of time with him. Traveled with him a lot. I've spent a lot of time with him, mm. but he's just one of a kind. Allah, like, sometimes I think to myself that Allah has created such beautiful people. Such an amazing individual that goes out of his way for people 
and not only myself I'm talking about, I've firsthand seen what it does for people. Mm. People may not see on the social media and the YouTube and everything that goes out with the 20, 30 million, whatever subscribers he's got everywhere. But if you want to know him as an individual, come and talk to me. Mm. I will tell you everything. He's just one of a kind and he's helped out so much. A lot of people's problems. And I can obviously talk about myself yeah. with a lot of assistance mm. from him. In terms of things that he done for me officially and unofficially, like meaning conversations. Yeah. And that's what helps the most. Conversations is something that helps mm. a lot. You know, he'll call me up every day when this thing was going on and say to me, like, you know, how is it? How is it going? How is it? How is it going? So I'm always expecting a phone call from him knowing he's going to ask me this, ask me that. But it was that care. Yeah. It was the care. It was that concern. Not only for me, but for the child. It was a worry. And nowadays you don't... It's rare to say, to, yeah. It's difficult to find these people. Mm. You know, I always say to people that... Don't become a person who... When you have something in your life, appreciate it. Mm. Before it's gone. When you have someone in your life, appreciate them before they're gone. Yeah. If Allah has blessed you with a good job and a good opportunity in your life, appreciate it before it's taken away from you. You never know that the person you're chucking away today in your life may be someone that you need tomorrow. Mm. I always tell people, yeah. but appreciate what you have. Your friends are what really make you, honestly. Mm. The people that you have around you is what really makes you into a better person. You know, even with the simplest of things. If you want to do good in your life, your friends are who will strengthen you. Mm. Definitely. You become who you are because of the people around you. If your friends are good, you become a good person. Mm. That's what's going to solidify your taqwa and your faith in, in Allah. Yeah. It's the people that you have around you. And I was telling the brothers here, subhanAllah, just before you came. We were on a conversation. And this was one of the things that came. About the areas that we live in and the difficulties and the challenges that we face in the communities. Mm. We can say what we want to say about places not being nice to live in, etc, etc. Which is right. However, you become what you want to become. You're responsible for your actions. You're responsible for your doings. You're responsible on which sort of friends you keep. You are responsible for what you do with your friends. Mm. If you keep good friends, you'll pray because they'll want to pray. If you keep bad friends, you won't pray because they're not going to say, okay, guys, yeah. let's get up. It's time to pray. So when you have good friends, keep hold of them. It's very, very difficult now in the times that we live in to find good people around you. Mm -hmm. Love them. Be there for them in their times of difficulties. Talk to them, support them, understand them. When they make a phone call to you, be there for them. Because these could be people that you need tomorrow. You don't want to be in a position where you wake up tomorrow and you've got an issue. You call up your friend and that friend's not there for you. Mm. It's a very important, small, small. Sorry, I may have gone off track. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. I mean, to summarize, subhanAllah, the journey. Um, you know, obviously, you've seen wisdoms in, in yeah. many of the trials that you've been through. And, and what I find amazing is how, you know, through the, the test that you, your family, your daughter went through, 
not only did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala find a way out for you eventually, but he also found a way out and, and you, you were almost like a means of relief and rahmah and mercy mm. for many other people and many other families and, and their children as well, subhanAllah, just through this one trial. SubhanAllah. It's, it's, it's very true what you're saying. Mm. Very, very, very true what you're saying. And and going back uh, uh, due to my son. Yeah. The work and things that you got involved with. Yeah. So much has happened, you know. Still, sometimes you know, shaitan comes to us, and we have that weakness in our in our hearts. Yeah, and we say to ourselves that, why did Allah choose me to test me with something like this? Why did I have to do something so precious? And I just think to myself, the organization that we operate, twenty five countries around the world, supporting so many people, thousands and thousands of children. Would I have been doing this before? I wouldn't mm. be. Wouldn't be? So the answers are there. You gotta find the answers and you gotta put it together. Mm. You gotta put it together. So I always pray that in anyone's difficulty, in anyone's challenge, I hope that they can actually understand why Allah did what He did. Mm. And I hope that they can find the answers, but they have to search for it. They have to look for it. Yeah. They have to cry to Allah and ask Allah why. Allah will give you them answers. Maybe not straight away, but there'll be a time that Allah responds to you. Mm. And you see the sweetness and the beauty of everything that Allah put you through. You see the answers. That's when you're going to say, how amazing is my creator, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you're going to say, give me more, mm. more tests. Because I love what you've given me in response to it. It's yeah. a very good investment. SubhanAllah. I want to end on, on this note, actually, you mentioned of, of charity work. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I found a tweet of yours, uh, if you don't mind me reading it out, it's public, so. <laughs> but it's it's important because, you know, you'll see, I'm going to tie the question in with, which is, uh, so you mentioned, it's nice doing charitable work and community work, but what's more important is your intention. Yeah. Um, let's keep it a regular habit to renew our intentions and don't let the limelight cause a disturbance in your oh. great work. Promote the work, not yourself. And this probably needs a podcast episode dedicated to it in and of itself. But I just want to end on this note with some brief kind of advice from you, which is, especially that last line, and nowadays, you know, charity work, it's, it's difficult. You've got social media, yeah. you know, your, your personal profile is put forward. People know you, yeah. Brother Shaquille, you've done this, you've done that, you yes. know, Abdullah Ada's done this. Um, so just elaborate on that and, and, and share some insight on this. You know, this is beautiful work. Let's put aside... Uh, what I've been through for a moment. The work is the work of Allah. And we all know this. But the thing is, what we need to understand, that first of all, Allah could have put you in a position where you were the receiver, not the giver. Mm. Where you would have been the one with your hands out saying to that charity person or the person who's donating, come and give to me. But Allah has put you in a position where you are a means for other people who are charitable, you are a means of delivering these donations to these individuals, to their places. So number one, don't put yourself out to be the one who is the one who is giving. Because you are not the one who is giving. Mm. Okay, you may have some input of giving yourself, but you are not the one who's given. There's other people who have given. You are just a means, a messenger, a person to deliver. So don't let the limelight be on yourself. Don't let the limelight be on yourself. Mm. Know that you are doing it as an organization or something. 
that's just a little part of it. Second is that we need to understand that we're doing charitable work here. So you don't want to become a person who becomes a competitor of other organizations. Everyone has their own understanding of doing their charitable work. Whether Allah accepts it or not, that's between them and Allah. Renewing your intention is extremely, extremely important. Because today, I can go out there and put myself out as an individual rather than the organization. Mm. But I don't agree with that because you are not the one who is given, number one. And number two is, why would you want to put your deeds out like that in such a way, such forefront to people that I, as an individual, am doing this for you? So you need to understand that you are doing the work for the purpose of the work. Renewing your intentions is very important. If you want to become a competitor of others, then you rather just start a business, for mm. example, than compete with others in business. But in this beautiful work of Allah, you cannot become a competitor of somebody else. We are all on the same journey. All organizations charitable, we are all on the same journey. Don't let the limelight become yourself. Let it be the organization. Mm. The people are made aware of your organization and the activities that you are doing so people can support in the beautiful great work that you are doing. So at the time that I put that out was because I'd seen certain things of the people in the charitable sector. Mm. We're not people to call out people because yep. this is not the way we are. You know, we're respectful to others. Yeah. And rather than call them out, we rather pray for them and say, you know, Allah guide them and protect them and give them a better understanding. Yeah. And if we knew how important it was to renew your intention in this work, this is why I sometimes try to keep myself away from certain things within the organization because shaitan is yeah. real. You know, if you, affect, if, if, you get, if you get affected in your mind, in your brain, then it's going to all become about me. Mm. I don't want it to mm. become about me. Because the moment I do that, I just see myself coming, crushing down. Yeah. You know, I, and this is why I say that intentions are very, very important. Renew your intentions on a daily basis. On a daily basis, renew your intentions in this work. Well, Shaheel, it's been an absolute pleasure and I know we could exactly. we could talk for a very long time. Uh, but may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you and, and your family. Amen. And I'm I'm so glad that we made this made this conversation, made this podcast happen in the end. Amazing. And you know, personally I'm I'm very much inspired by your your journey and and, and your lessons and uh, I'm pretty sure that um a lot of our listeners and, and viewers of Yumfeed are inshallah going to take something away from this and inshallah. many reflections and insights. May Allah bless you. Okay. So much. Barakallah. Assalamu alaikum.